Welcome to the Career Confidence for Immigrants podcast. My name is Sonia Ortiz and I'm your host. If you're a newcomer to a country, this is not the show for you. But if you've been stable in a country for a while and you feel stuck with indecision, self-doubt and confusion about your career and you want to start feeling better in your day-to-day work life, then this is the show for you. Let's get started. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about money. So this is the beginning of the month of February 2021. And last month, so January 2021, my husband and I hit a milestone in our vinyl record store business that we like to call an accidental living room business because it really got started as an accident. Basically, we started collecting vinyl records a few years back, and then there were some that we no longer listened to, so we decided to sell them and make space in our shelves. And then slowly but surely, we noticed that there was actually a big market for that, and eventually we turned it into something more serious. So that's the origin story of that. So this last month, we hit this milestone because we made about $12,000 of sales, so revenue, uh, in just one month. And this really meant a lot to me for a couple reasons. So reason number one is that for many years, I never thought that I could make money off from something that I was actually passionate about. I always thought that I had to become someone else, look like someone else, like different things, and basically be a different person. And this belief right there has crushed my soul more times than you can imagine. And if you have this belief, you know exactly how painful it is. And if you consider yourself to be creative or artsy, you probably have that belief too. It's almost like we have internalized the stereotype of the starving artist. And because we think it's some kind of universal truth, some of us never even try because why bother, right? And that totally, that mindset totally sucks because when you don't try, then you can't know, right? And I also think this belief of having to fundamentally change myself to get what I want in my life and career, it's very interesting from an identity perspective, because I think as immigrants, we have this enormous pressure to conform and to adapt to the mainstream society in which we live, right? And if you're in North America or Europe, most likely this society is a version of a capitalistic, patriarchal, white supremacist society. So it's no wonder that we always feel like we have to change ourselves to fit some kind of arbitrary mold, right? So I really thought that was interesting that this experience actually brought those reflections. And the reason number two on why reaching this first five-figure month feels like an important milestone, it has to do with mindset. And the weird thing that happens when something you've been putting on a pedestal for so long actually happens. Because during all those years, I believed that earning money doing something I love was impossible. I was still taking action. I was managing my mind. I was taking action, putting one foot in front of the other. But I always felt a bit in a hurry. Like, I think the reason why is that my thoughts were something like, oh, my God, life is going to be so much better when we finally hit this goal or when I get this new client or when I make this amount of money. And the implication, it's always that some imagined future out there, it's just going to be so much better than the current now, right? 
And listen, I like to have hope for the future. I like pondering on how much better things could get and that how and that there are better days ahead, right? Especially in this pandemic. We're still going through something pretty unprecedented and very crazy. But I dream of these potential futures from a place of knowing that fundamentally having external things, so changing my circumstance, will not internally change the structure of my mind or my emotions or my humanness. And I think the hype around achieving something new and up-leveling and this new year, new you kind of rhetoric and all the ways in which personal growth and business growth is marketed, it's kind of problematic because it's an illusion. <laughs> and the illusion is that it's the idea that once you get the money, once you lose the weight, once you get the partner, once you quit the job, you will finally feel free or amazing or certain or whatever emotional quality we're looking for, right? That is the biggest trap we all fall for, right? And yes, in some cases, having more money can make a difference. When I say that money won't change anything fundamentally, I don't mean it in an absolute way, you guys, obviously. For example, if your local homeless shelter needs money, of course, this will make a difference in its survival and its ability to provide for services. I always want to make make it clear and nuanced that most of the post podcast teachings here have to do with the internal human experience. They apply best for people for whom survival, it's not a problem. So context really matters here. I really wanted to make that sure. But going back to the experience of hitting this money milestone with the business, what I can say, what I can say is that it actually felt really good for a while because I was thinking thoughts like, oh my God, we're, you know, such badasses. Look, you know, all the effort was worth it. Like things are working out really well. But then when the high of those thoughts gets out of your system, then your mind gets thinking into about the next thing. So new fears and new milestones and new to-dos suddenly arise. So things like... In my head, I was thinking things like, what if the vinyl record business grows so much that I can't take of my other, uh, that I can't take care of my other businesses? Why, what if we need to hire someone, but we're not ready? What if, you know, all the work, it's actually putting a strain with my in my relationship with my husband, which by the way, we love working together, but that's always a fear. I'm like, are we taking enough breaks? Are we talking to each other about things that aren't work and so on? Or fears like, what if this was just like a one-time thing and we never make this amount of money anymore, never again? Or what if, you know, how are we going to know when we're ready to like expand? Or what if it becomes too much, right? And of course, this was just my brain in its desire to protect me from danger. This is something new. This is something like scary, right? My brain had me believing almost for a full afternoon after after we had the conversation and look at our numbers, it had me believing that I had to find answers to all those things like right now. <laughs> and if you tend to struggle with anxiety, you probably recognize this pattern a lot of your brain having a lot of questions and being very dramatic and then being like, we need to figure this out as soon as possible. <laughs> But 
luckily I was able to coach myself and you know today's a new day I have had enough time to process things and that is kind of about it for the story on the money milestone because I wanted to offer you three lessons about money that I learned from this experience and I really believe that you will be able to use them in your life if you want to and whether you have a business or not by the way these stories will be useful if you find yourself having a lot of thoughts and feelings about money in general, or even if the title of this episode made you cringe a little bit, or if you think it's true that I'm talking about money so openly, I think this is going to be for you. So listen up. So I'm going to start with lesson number one that I learned, and that is that money is not reflecting of reflective of worth as a human as your as a human being money is a neutral concept for some people 10k a month or 12k a month is huge for other people it might be very little the number itself it's not relevant it's the thoughts that we have about the number that create our experience right and i've said this before i've met very rich people who would worry all the time about having enough money and they would be wondering whether people were friends with them just because of the money or they were being overly cautious about spending and never having enough and so on and i've seen on the other hand also people living basically paycheck to paycheck and just trusting in the universe and in god and never worrying about anything and i'm not sharing this to try to romanticize poverty but to remind you that fundamentally it's not the amount of money that you have in the bank or under your mattress if that's still a thing that brings you safety right it's always your thoughts right so all humans have inherent worth because we're all humans we come from the same source or god or whatever you want to call it You're not more worthy or less worthy if you have money or not, right? And this is why I super cringe when I <laughs> when I see coaches and other marketing gurus say the phrase, charge what you're worth or ask for a raise that you're worth or things like that. It makes me cringe because there's a subconscious implication in there that your worth as a human has a number, a charge attached to it, right? Uh, uh, And earning and if and and then what happens is that if you don't charge super high prices constantly or keep asking for more and more and more races then the implication is that then you know you must be not valuing yourself enough which i think it's a terrible idea to think about ourselves i think it's really bs so detaching worthiness from money issues doesn't mean that we give up on wanting more money or that we don't protest or we don't vote or we don't ask for our governments to, for example, offer better salaries for healthcare workers, right? That is not what I'm saying. That is all or none thinking. And this whole podcast <laughs> is about that awkward nuance middle, okay? <laughs> what I do mean is that you can be in a place mentally and emotionally speaking, where you don't resist money. So that is, you don't make it mean that your salary or your race or how much you make from your business determines your worth as a human. 
And you can also be actively trying to make more money for yourself and for others, let's say via community participation or participation in politics and, you know, so on, right? So I really, really wanted to make that clear. I like to be nuanced in my in my uh, statement, in my, Jesus, I can't even speak today, in my, uh, yeah, in my statements. Is that even a thing? Okay, lesson number two. Debt is nothing to be ashamed of. And I know this is a very controversial topic because debt is this thing that's so often demonized in society. I personally grew up with this notion because my parents had this belief that they always felt awful if they owed money to someone, like the other person had power over them, which I totally think how that is an optional thought to have, but that is not a thought that you always see as an option, especially because for sure in the past, some people have used those tactics. You know, we know that people can use things like money as like a manipulation tactic and so on, right? But when you're kind of managing your mind, you get to decide whether you want to think of something like owing money to someone or to a company as oppressing or just as something that you just do, right? And I really think that if you generally think that money is a shameful topic or that you equate money, your money management skills and your decisions about money to your worthiness or your capability as a human being, then of course you're likely to be in this camp of people where you see debt as this very shameful thing, right? But here's the thing, if you want to have a business, whether that that is a large company or simply your own freelance or self-employed business, you probably going to have to get into some debt and you're going to have to get used to numbers going up and going down and money coming in and coming out. So if you're always kind of at the mercy of the numbers and your emotional states just keeps moving because of the numbers, then of course that's going to be very difficult to, to manage. And really this has taken me a while to grasp and I still have to continue managing my mind to remind myself of this, like it's okay that money comes in and comes out. But what's really fascinating about this, something that I noticed, like story time, um, is that any money story like that, any money beliefs that we have, are often created in childhood and they get totally created almost unconsciously. In my case, I totally know when where my money drama comes from. And it actually comes from the fact, this is my theory. <laughs> so it comes from the fact that I started working when I was like really young at like 10 years old. Now, <laughs> when I think of that, I'm like, wow, what it's like to just grow up in another country. Like, I don't know if right now I would be okay, like hiring a 10 year old. But anyway, it was like, you know, working for, for friends of the family, family members and so on. But anyway, I, I started working when I was like super, super young. And I grew up with this belief actually that I was very good with money. I was always, I always had money on the side and my siblings would always like ask me for money and I would be like, okay, I will lend it to you, but you have to give it back. And I would always have enough money to buy the things that I wanted with my savings from work. And I remember one of my first like 
purchases that I was super proud of was a cell phone that was like a blue Sony Ericsson with a detachable keyboard. And I was so, so proud of that cell phone. You know, I grew up in Venezuela and having a cell phone was kind of like a necessity because, you know, your parents always want to make sure that you were okay and like alive. <laughs> so in a weird way, this was a very fun thing that I did and I was very proud of, but this created a weird link inadvertently. Of course, I'm not blaming my parents or adults around me for this. They were just doing what they could with what they had. But because I was praised for earning money and having money and so on, my subconscious totally registered that as, well, you know, if I make money, then I'm a good person. So money equals goodness. And then if money goes away, then, you know, the bad person kind of thing. And of course, this is a total trap. But, you know, this created a rule almost, like I said, when money goes away or you don't have money or whatever, it makes you not so much of a good person, therefore a bad person. And I know this sounds kind of like complicated or maybe it sounds very simplistic for you, but this is how our brains make associations. And this is why it's so, so, so key to when we become adults, start looking at the contents of our brains and start really seeing what's inside. And so we can take ownership of the thoughts and the beliefs that we have and make sure that we really, really like them. Okay, now lesson number three <laughs> that I learned from this experience is that not looking at your money will not help you become better with money. So if you want to improve your relationship with money in that maybe you want to make more money or maybe you're okay with the kind of money that you make, but you want to stop feeling so defensive about it or so scared of losing it, right? If that's the case, then you need to start becoming really good at looking at your numbers and becoming friends with those numbers. So really get interested, get curious in your bank account, in your budget, look at your statements, make fun Excel files, <laughs> look at how much you spend in each category, look at the money coming in, coming out, everything. And if you're anything like me, and if you resist looking at the numbers, <laughs> most likely it's because you do feel some shame that you're thinking you're doing something wrong or that you have a money story that makes you think that there's something wrong with you and your numbers, right? And looking at your shame and your guilt and all these negative feelings in the eye, it's a super, super crucial part of the process. You must be willing to get through that discomfort in order to improve that relationship you have with money, right? This is the only way you're going to eventually feel calmer and safer and or at least more neutral about your money and from this more better feeling place, let's say, or calmer place, then you can really get creative and see how you can create more money or new value or new things and so on, right? So that is it for this week, my friends. It was a shorter episode. They still gave you a lot. Hope you enjoyed the story. Stop time having money or not having money to worthiness or not worthiness. Also, stop judging people who don't work or can work or don't have money. Stop judging people who have that too. Because remember, everything that you judge on the outside, it's also something that you end up judging in the inside. So remember that. And 
all change, also remember this, that all change and growth and self-improvement really starts with looking at what is going on in the present and then practicing that self-acceptance, staying with the discomfort a little bit. That's how you grow and you expand your awareness. And finally, if you've been wanting to make money doing something you love, know that it is possible, even if you don't believe it right now. It all starts with being curious and being willing to take action, even if it feels scary. You can do it. It's just not going to feel like poppies and rainbows all the time. <laughs> okay, I will talk to you and that's okay. <laughs> I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're interested in learning how coaching can help you navigate career changes and achieve a better work-life balance, then make sure you check out my website at soniaortiz.com. You'll have all the information on how we can work together. Talk to you soon.